Welcome back to another edition of the Foul Balls Podcast. This is for January 12th, 2018, Friday, nine-game slate. And this is shaping up to be a pretty good one. It looks like we're going to have some decent value just because we already have a couple of guys ruled out. And then in addition to that, we have some star players that are questionable. Uh, I had an exciting Thursday, mostly because for me, a Kenoba just opened up near my house. Now, Kadoba infinitely better than Chipotle. If you like Chipotle over Kadoba, ban from the podcast. Temporary ban, not a permanent ban, because need listeners. I actually I am working on getting the first sponsor for the podcast, which is exciting for me, so I can't really ban people. But either way, if you like Chipotle over Kadoba, you could suck a bag of dicks. Kadoba's better. Uh, one thing that was exciting though about the Kadoba was going in was there was a, a robbery at the thrift shop next door to the Cadoba. So that was an exciting uh, an exciting lunch trip. Another thing, too, is if you're robbing a place, don't rob a thrift shop. Go to, like, a jewelry store, somewhere that has, like, a little bit of money you could take out of the register. So if there's one thing I could – I don't want to tell people how to do their job. But if I'm going to tout robbing – you don't you don't steal from a thrift shop. Go over something a little high end, make a little money out of it. Thrift shop, you're not gonna you're not gonna turn a good profit robbing a thrift shop. So I'll just jump into the basketball games. But remember, those are important important words for me to start. Kadoba better than Chipotle, and don't rob thrift shops. So first game we have on the slate here is the Orlando Magic at the Washington Wizards. Also, Matt isn't here today. It's just me by myself. So. That's why I'm filling time at the top without him editing me and shaming me for whatever nonsensical thoughts I have. So first game we have on the slate here is the Orlando Magic at the Washington Wizards. And this game has the largest uh, spread on the slate, 10.5 points. So there is a fair amount of blowout risk here. The Magic have also been very prone to blowouts over the past month or so. I think it's something like 7 of their last 11 games have been decided by double figures. Also, Wizards, one of the better defensive teams in the league. They are now ranked, let's see, what have they gotten up to now that John Wall's back? The Wizards are eighth in the league in defensive efficiency. And then also, there's just nobody that I really think is cheap enough to roster on the Magic. Uh, Aaron Gordon up at 7,700, Alfred Payton at 6,500. Negative matchups for both of them, especially for Payton being guarded by John Wall. So I'm off the Magic for this slate. From the Wizards side of the game, uh, there is some blowout risk here, which I think has me off the Wizards for cash games. But for GPP, there's a good amount of upside here. Bradley Beal at 8000 I think, is a little bit too expensive. But John Walt, 9400 is a strong play. Otto Porter at 6000 I think, is also a really strong play with a lot of upside. Otto Porter came back from the hip injury last game. And right before the game, Scott Brooks said, hey, Otto Porter is going to be on a minutes restriction. So... To me, that was like, oh, well, can't play Porter because he's on a minutes restriction. But I should always keep a note in the back of my mind. If Scott Brooks says somebody's on a minute restriction, you lock them into your lineup. Because for whatever reason, if he says somebody's on a minutes restriction, they're playing career high in minutes. So 37 minutes for Otto Porter last game. Scott Brooks did not care about the injury. He's fine with running his best players into the ground. So no reason to think that he's going to play anything but regular minutes tonight. So Otto Porter at 6,000, a lot of upside for him against the Magic. Uh, John Wall, Otto Porter, both good plays from that game. Uh, Next game we have here, the Cleveland Cavaliers at the Indiana Pacers. 
So from the Cavaliers' side of the game, Isaiah Thomas is being rested. There was kind of some conflicting reports from uh, tonight's game, and that was that Isaiah Thomas was going to be rested on Thursday and then play Friday, but it ended up being flip-flopped. So we have Isaiah Thomas played Thursday night, and then he's going to be sitting out on Friday. So I, I think a lot of people haven't really paid – well, first, Isaiah Thomas has not played particularly well since he's been on the Cavs. He was awful tonight. But I, one thing that I don't know people have paid attention to is Isaiah Thomas's usage rating has been massive with the Cavs. He came in tonight with a 36% usage rating. That takes shots away from LeBron. It takes shots away from Love. And then obviously he's taking minutes away from guys like Dwayne Wade and Jeff Green, who or J.R. Smith, who whatever. I don't care about them in general anyway. Um, so LeBron in a plus matchup at 11,500 with Isaiah Thomas out of the lineup. I think this is a good, a really good spot for him against the Pacers. Depending on how the injuries shape up for tomorrow, LeBron could be my favorite guy to pay up for on the slate, but that would be dependent on uh, both Steph Curry and Anthony Davis being in. And then the other guys, uh, Kevin Love against the Pacers. So the Pacers, uh, what are they at now against centers? They're allowing the second most DraftKings fantasy points to centers. So I think the two plays here are LeBron and Love. Those are kind of the safer plays. And then maybe you could look at Dwayne Wade as a fringy option in GPPs. There could be some extra minutes for him with Isaiah Thomas out, but I'm a little wary of using him in a cash game just because this is a back-to-back, and the Cavs have done some goofy things with his minutes this year. From the Pacer side of the game, we have uh, Miles Turner has that elbow injury. He's out for uh, this game and then maybe one more game. Uh, I forget exactly how long he's out for, but he's definitely out for tonight. So I think DeMontis Sabonis is 6,400. He's averaging about 32 fantasy points per game as a starter, and that's what we need for him to pay off his salary at 6,400. But So that would seem like a fair price until we also consider it's a plus matchup. The Cleveland Cavaliers, one of the worst defensive teams in the league. They're currently ranked 29th in defensive efficiency. They also play at a fast pace. The Pacers play at a pretty fast pace, so there should be a lot of scoring in this game. I think Sabonis is a good target. Thaddeus Young is a good target without Miles Turner. He should get some extra minutes. And then Victor Oladipo at 9,000. He's fine to roster because there's extra usage for him without Turner in there. And then also the up-tempo game and the Cavaliers not defending shooting guards well. Next game here is the Utah Jazz at the Charlotte Hornets. Uh, 207.5 point over-under, which is pretty high for Jazz games. And I think that in general, Vegas and the DraftKings pricing algorithm has just kind of been off on evaluating the Jazz since Rudy Gobert's been out. I think that Players have been too underpriced from their opponents, which is still the case for tonight. But then also, I think that the point total has been set a little bit too low without Gobert. The Jazz giving up about five more points per 100 possessions without him. So 207.5, I think that's a more uh, more fair of a total than what we've seen in some of the other games without Gobert. And I think this is a pretty decent spot for the Charlotte Hornets at their price. From the Utah side of the game, uh, I think Donovan Mitchell is fine to roster at 7,000. Uh, his production has been, I was I thought it was a little more down than what it was. Uh, last couple games, 32 fantasy points in 37. He was also in foul trouble for both those games, which limited him a little bit. Uh, last game, he played 31 minutes, and he usually plays like in the 35 to 40 minute range. And then the other issue with the foul trouble could be sometimes is not only does it limit players' minutes, but it also kind of gets them out of rhythm, rhythm. And I saw that a little bit from Mitchell in the last game. He shot, what was it, 7 of 20 from the field. 
So his price has gone down a little bit, but I don't really know if it's justified. Even looking at his box score from the last few games, even though they haven't been a lot of huge games, still 35, 50, 33, 36, 37, 32 fantasy points. I think he's a fine target at 7,000 in what's a pretty neutral matchup. Something else to keep an eye on is Rodney Hood could potentially end up being suspended for this game. He got two technicals in the last game and then knocked a fan's cell phone out of his hand as he was walking off the floor. So maybe the league takes some kind of action against him and he gets suspended. Also, Derek Favors is listed as probable for the game. So normally when somebody's probable, I just assume probable. That means that they're probably playing. However, Derek Favors has been ruled out twice this year by the Jazz after he was listed as probable. So I think that he's probable, but maybe with a touch of questionable, if that makes sense. There's been some weird injury designations this year in the NBA. We've seen... Uh, I think one of the latest ones we saw was somebody who was listed as probably questionable. Or I think it was probably doubtful. And then there was Joel Embiid was extru- uh, very doubtful and ended up playing. Uh, so I think even though Derek Favors is probable, I'm considering him more on the questionable side. If he can't play, then Ekpe Udo I think would be a good value play at 4,200. He's been pretty solid with a lot of upside as a starter this year. From the Charlotte side of the game, really a lot of their production comes from Dwight Howard. It comes from Kemba Walker. We can narrow it down to those two guys. And I just think they're too cheap for this matchup. As as I've said a million times since Gobert's gotten hurt, the Utah Jazz defense, much worse without him. Dwight Howard at 7,300. Kemba Walker at 7,600. 7,300 is just egregiously cheap to me on Howard. Uh, his last few games, 43, 34. 21 fantasy points in a game where he was in foul trouble, and then 59, 43, 47. So 7,300, definitely like Dwight Howard a lot in this matchup. Next game here, the Brooklyn Nets at the Atlanta Hawks. Uh, From the Brooklyn side of the game, I think Karis LeVert could be a little bit overlooked. He's at 5,500. He's only played 27 minutes the last couple games. Uh, One was... The minutes were kind of being watched a little bit, and then the game after that was just a blowout against the Pistons. He's not somebody who usually plays like 35 minutes, but we do see him get a little bit closer to the 30-minute mark than 27. But still, if you think about when he was at 5,200 just a couple slates ago, he was something like 25% owned, and I think he was over 30% owned in cash games, if I remember correctly. So 5,500, I think people will be off him in this game because of the last couple tough games he's had. But still, Levert, if you look at him prior to the injury, his production was pretty crazy. Yeah, so right before he got injured with the groin and had to miss a couple games, his totals 35, 38, 37, 39, 30, 22, 29, 26, 29 DraftKings fantasy points. I think Levert is a pretty solid play that's going to go overlooked. And then Rondé Alice Jefferson, he's just been pretty solid for a while now. Uh, 3347 his last couple games. Uh, the one risk of him is he does tend to leave games with injuries a lot. So I'll say Hollis Jefferson just a GPP play. But Karis Levert is somebody who I like a decent amount for this slate. From the Hawks side of the game, the most favorable matchup is with Dennis Schroeder, which is nice because that is where most of their offense comes from. Schroeder only 7,200, so I'm fine with paying up for him. I think that he's a good play. Nobody else do I really like too much from the Hawks side of the game. Uh, for the Knicks at Minnesota Timberwolves, which is the next game, we have Tim Hardaway Jr. is questionable, so there's no uh, there's no spread, there's no over-under for this game. If Hardaway comes back, I think that takes Porzingis out of play. Porzingis has talked about being tired recently. I think that even though he has less usage with Hardaway back, 
I think that it's going to help his production in the long run because it's going to give him a little bit more rest. It's going to give him less responsibility on offense with the fatigue he's dealing with right now. Uh, 7,800 for him. Uh, maybe. I think, I think I'm probably just off the Knicks for this game. The Minnesota side of the game, I think that Jeff Teague is a pretty interesting play as long as he doesn't have a minutes restriction. He came back from the knee injury last game and only ended up playing 25 minutes, uh, just working back, uh, not only to make sure he was healthy, but just getting him into game shape also. Before he got hurt, he was somebody who was pretty regularly priced in the mid to high 6,000 range. So seeing him at 5,600 against the Knicks who are allowing the seventh most DraftKings fantasy points to point guards, there's value there. Just the question is how many minutes are they going to let him play? Assuming he's unrestricted, Thibodeau will run him into the ground as he likes to do with his starters. So I think he could be a strong play at 5,600. And then Jimmy Butler and Carl Anthony Towns are also both fine plays because that is where most of the Minnesota offense tends to come from. Next game here, and this is uh, another one where we have a pretty significant injury. The Golden State Warriors, the Milwaukee Bucks. I'm surprised right now we're seeing the Warriors favored by six just because with Steph Curry questionable, uh, I find it a little weird that they were able to set a line for this game but if curry doesn't play then there's a usage bump for kevin durant he gets about three percent uh more usage with curry off the floor and then also clay thompson about two and a half percent usage bump so durant and thompson are both fine to play draymond green draws a little bit tougher of a matchup he's probably gonna get uh some on ted Tacumpo defense also draymond green struggled in the last game i think let me look at his game log. Okay, he was actually really good a couple games before. Off the top of my head, I felt like he'd been struggling for a while, but that was just because he was so shitty in the last game. But So I think if Curry's out, then Durant, Green, Thompson are all fine plays. Uh, Iguodala would probably be worth looking at as a value play because he would probably get moved into the starting lineup. Uh, oh, no, never mind. I forgot it was Curry out. Not not Durant. I'm, I'm being silly right here. Uh, but either way, there would be a bigger role for Iguodala. He played 29 minutes last game without Curry, scored about 20 fantasy points. So not a crazy a crazy game, except I do think at 4,000, there's a lot of 4,300. There's a lot of floor to him, and there's some ceiling also. That's assuming Steph Curry's out. If Curry's in, then I just think the entire Golden State Warriors team is a fade for me. From the Bucks side of the game, um, if Curry can't play... This is a really strong matchup for Eric Bledsoe. So the last game the Warriors played in, they just got destroyed by Lou Williams. He scored 50 fantasy points. He was making shots from everywhere. Some of it was just him ridiculous shot making. But also a a big portion of it was that Steph Curry is a really underrated on-ball defender. I think a lot of people just kind of think of Curry as an offense first player and don't really think much of his defense, but he's a much better defensive player than Sean Livingston or Patrick McCall, who are playing some point guard minutes. So with those guys guarding Lou Williams and him running a lot of the point, he really had a big game. And so Eric Bledsoe is 6,900. Nice price. So Bledsoe at 6,900. If Curry's out, I really like him as a play for cash and GPP. And then I think uh, Antetokounmpo and Middleton are both also fine plays, but Bledsoe would be my favorite play here if Curry can't go. Next game we have here is the Portland Trailblazers at the New Orleans Pelicans. 
So something that Matt and I talked about in the Pelicans last game where Anthony Davis is questionable, and he's questionable to play again tonight, was that the Pelicans' defense is just total dog shit without him on the floor this year. The Pelicans were average, were giving up, I think it's like 12 more points per 100 possessions with him off the floor. It's, it's just a crazy amount. It's because Davis is a really good defender. Drew Holiday's, an, uh, I think, about an above-average defender, and then everybody else on the team can't guard anybody. Cousins isn't a good defender. Rajon Rondo is awful on defense. So Anthony Davis really covers up a lot of their defensive weaknesses with his ability to get in passing lanes and break up passes, his ability on help defense to block shots. So without him on the floor, they just struggle to defend everybody. So if he isn't able to play, then that's a really big bump to the Trailblazers' offensive players. I think McCollum at 7700 is a bit too expensive because he's priced up from extra production without Lillard. But Lillard at 8600 I think, is a good play if Anthony Davis can't go. And then Al Farouk Amino at 4400 I think that he would be a good value play also without Davis in there because he would be the guy who's normally drawing uh, some of that Davis defense. So from the Pelicans' side of the game now, uh, once again, we just we have Anthony Davis is questionable if he can't play. DeMarcus Cousins is going to get a ton of usage, usage rating about 39% without Davis on the floor this year. And then also more responsibility in offense for Drew Holiday and Rajon Rondo. But once again, we just kind of have to wait and see. Is, is Davis in? Is Davis out? If Davis is out, then Cousins is my favorite player on the slate to pay up for. One thing that the Trailblazers do that's very odd when they play against DeMarcus Cousins is they like to play Myers Leonard to guard DeMarcus Cousins because they have some kind of feud where they don't like each other. Whatever the case is, they feel that because they don't like each other, Myers Leonard has extra motivation, therefore they should play him at center to guard DeMarcus Cousins. It is a horrible coaching decision because Myers Leonard is not a good defensive player. Nurkic is a solid defensive player and matches up pretty well with Cousins. We saw this the last time these teams played. They played Myers Leonard over Nurkic at parts of the game just so they could get that Cousins versus Leonard matchup, and Cousins just destroyed him. So a lot of people look at the DeMarcus Cousins and say he has good history against the Trailblazers. The main reason is because the Trailblazers insist on playing Myers Leonard against DeMarcus Cousins. So two games left to talk about here. The Memphis Grizzlies at the Denver Nuggets. From the Grizzlies side of the game, there really isn't much to talk about here outside of Tyreek Evans and Marcus Soule. Uh, Tyreek Evans... I think is fine for cash games. I don't really think there's a ton of upside for GPPs at 8300 I think Gasol is fine to roster at 7500 That's a pretty cheap price for him. He's been at, uh, let's see, where has he been priced? I, I think he's mostly been in the high, yeah, high 7000s to low to mid 8000s this year. So 7500 for him in what's a plus matchup, I think that that's uh, a good guy to target. From the Nuggets side of the game, I think the Nuggets have just been underpriced here. The Grizzlies do play at the slowest pace in the league, but they're 18th in defensive efficiency, so it's not really the brutal matchup that people think of it as. But the Nuggets are being priced down like they're playing the the Grizzlies' defensive teams of Conley and Gasol in their primes when they were just locking everybody down, which is just not the case this year. So I think Jokic, Jamal Murray, Gary Harris, I think those guys are all fine to roster. I wouldn't use too many of them in the same lineup just because they're this game should be played at a down pace for the Nuggets. But still, I think that there's value in those price tags. There's upside, and I think that all of them make as good one-offs for GPPs. Uh, next game on the slate here is, in the final game, Houston Rockets at the Phoenix Suns. This game has the highest 
over under on the slate and the Houston Rockets are expected to be the highest scoring team of the night. I think the best value here is Trevor Reese at 4,900. So the Rockets had originally signed Gerald Green with the idea of Trevor Reese is playing a lot of minutes. We want to try to limit his playing time to keep him rested and healthy. Well, they've kind of gotten away from that the last couple games, uh, 41 minutes and 39 minutes over the last couple games for Ariza. So him all the way down to 4,900 in a plus matchup against the Suns. I really like the value on that price tag. And then, yeah, I mean, Chris Paul, fine to pay up for 10,600 coming off his best game of the season in a plus matchup. Uh, I, I prefer to fade him in this spot. As strong of a as strong of a place as this is, I would rather go to LeBron. I would rather go to Cousins if Davis is out. And I just think that the ownership on Chris Paul for GPPs is going to be really high after he scored 70 fantasy points last time out against the Pistons. Uh, final team here is the Phoenix Suns. There's actually a bit of value on the Suns because we have uh, Marquise Chris is out. Um, who else? I think Justin, uh, who wasn't there? Some, uh, Josh Jackson is doubtful with a hip injury. So Dragon Bender has already been named the starter. He actually had what was probably the best game of his career last time out. He scored, I think it was in the, yeah, 43 and a half fantasy points in a tough matchup against the Thunder. Played almost 40 minutes. So in what should be a really high scoring game against the Rockets, and even if they get blown out, I imagine Bender would still be on the floor in the fourth quarter anyway. Bender's the best value play on the slate at 4,300. And then I also think uh, TJ Warren's fine roster at 6,200. Uh, Devin Booker's fine roster at 8,200. And something else of note here is that Isaiah Cannon is questionable with uh, an adductor injury. The adductor injuries, which taking over the NBA, this is like the seventh one we've seen after uh, the first 26 years I watched NBA, I saw zero adductor injuries. And now we have everybody getting adductor injuries. So if Isaiah Cannon's out, then that's going to be extra minutes for Tyler Eulis at 4,000. I wouldn't really say that he's a great play, especially because he's going up against Chris Paul. But still, if you look at the last couple games, the minutes have been up with the Suns a little bit banged up, 35 minutes and 32 minutes over the last couple games. So if he's going to be playing 35 minutes, even against Chris Paul defense at uh, what was his at a, at a 4,000 price tag, like if he's scoring... 0.7 fantasy points per minute, which is a really low output. He's still going to be hitting value, so I'm I'm fine with Tyler Eulis as a GPP play 4,000, assuming that Isaiah Cannon is out. So that is going to wrap up today's podcast. You can follow me on Twitter at GEarenbergDFS. Matt's Twitter handle is at PreachingSense. Hope everybody has a good weekend, and we'll be back for Monday's slate.